you know, from a human standpoint, for most people, not everybody, some people have the gift of singleness, but most people have an inherent desire to have children that carry on their family name and carry on their traditions and that kind of thing. Well, spiritually speaking, we, we possess the same, or at least we should, that we want to reproduce our faith in others. Churches that don't reproduce their faith die. And so that's why you have the Great Commission, that you win people to Christ, you baptize them into the local church, and you disciple them in the Word of God. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's the Great Commission. Now part of that discipling is imparting to those people that God has put in your circle that which he's taught you. Um, Paul says here, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Now, we would equate that with the word of God because Paul wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else except Luke, unless you count Hebrews, and I do. Then Paul wrote more of it. Okay, And so we can, we can apply Scripture here. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, which you'll be able to teach others also. And so the goal, like in our discipleship program, Brother Branson's one of our disciplers. Uh, let's say that he's discipling a young man. The goal is to get that young man to then go and disciple somebody else. And then Brother Branson takes on somebody else, and this person has taken on somebody else, and now you've doubled your influence. And then if that person takes on somebody else, then you've quadrupled your influence. That's the goal. And that's how we reproduce ourselves spiritually as churches is we impart into others that which God has given to us. But we don't see that very often in churches today, do we? Why? Because it takes something. If you're known to take the path of least resistance, you're not going to be a discipler. It takes something. So if, if it's your desire, if you'd say, yes, I would love to, to spiritually reproduce that which God has put into me, I would love to see that fan out into other people. I would love to see the faith that has been so precious to me continue to fan out and even outlive me. Well, then this is the question to ask, do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes? What does it take to fulfill the mandate, and it is a mandate, of 2 Timothy 2.2. Well, first of all, it takes position. It takes position. You have to be positioned to do it. Verse number 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is where? In Christ Jesus. Now remember, prepositions matter, don't they? You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you had people that were bragging, I... I am of Cephas, that's Peter. Well, I am of Apollos, and I am of Paul. And then the real spiritual ones, well, I am of Christ. It's not a matter of who you're of. It's a matter of who you're in. See, that's your position. My, my of is all practical, but my in is positional. And if I'm going to go to heaven, i got to go to heaven because I have a positional relationship with Jesus Christ, not a practical one. Because, let's be honest, are there people out there that are lost, but they live like Christians? Sure. They might be of Christ. That doesn't mean they're in Christ. See, 
My position needs to be right. I need to be in Christ. And, and, and that, that informs and that powers everything else that we're talk, going to talk about is that I am in Christ. I have the right position. I am positionally righteous. I'm justified. I'm in Christ. So, so the first question you've got to make sure of is, am I saved? Am I saved? And if I'm saved, am I recognizing the power that comes with living gospel-powered lives within Christ? And then that brings you to number two, it takes power. And you cannot do it on your own. We have an entire, well, multi-generations of Christians that just gave up and quit fighting because all we had to offer them was, you have to do this and 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 do this if you want to please God. Now, is holy living something that, wants, that God wants of us? Absolutely. But we, we fail to tell them, but you can't do any of it of your own power. It all has to be the Holy Ghost of God, and he uses something in particular to accomplish it. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong. You know the word strong there means? It means empowered. Be strong, be empowered in what? Grace. Grace. Isn't it amazing? We would all agree that we're saved by grace, but you understand you're kept by grace, right? And you're led by grace, and you live in grace. If grace is enough to save me, it's enough to make me what I ought to be after I am saved. Grace. What a drudgery it would be in a marriage if you thought that you had to do this and do this and do this and do this and do this to keep the favor of your spouse. How much better it is to do things out of a position of grace because you love one another. It's a much more wonderful existence. You've got to have power. See, if I'm going to pass what God has given me on to my children and on to the next generation, if I'm going to reproduce myself spiritually, then it does. You know, it does take position, and it takes power. But then thirdly, it takes perseverance. Because there are going to be times that you want to quit, and you can't. You just can't. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now, verse 3. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Stay at it. Any of you who have taught be it at the Sunday school level or perhaps in Granite or, you know, in, you know, in one of the other schools around here. Anybody who has taught has had moments where you wonder, is anything I'm saying getting across to any of these children? I was wisely advised many, many years ago, Andy, never make a decision on a Monday. Because you're coming out of Sunday, and you're raw. You're just raw. And even if it was a great Sunday, you're still not where you ought to be up here to make sound decisions. Just, just count Monday as just not even a day of the week. Now, that's been a little bit complicated now that I'm teaching in the school. The kids wonder why I am the way I am on Mondays. Because 
Mondays are weird for preachers. Okay. You teachers, you've had times where if you're honest, at the end of a week where you've just labored and tried to get things across, at the end of the week you just said, man, I just, am I even in the right line of work? And that's not just teachers. Anybody in any vocation, at some point you hit a wall, you hit some kind of an obstacle, and you're like, man, this is just too hard. But if we quit... Every time we run into an obstacle or every time we run into a wall, we will never accomplish anything of merit ever, ever. And I wonder how many Christians fell short of how God really wanted to use them because they hit an obstacle and said, that's it, I'm done. Paul didn't mince words with Timothy. He didn't, you know, sometimes we we tell people, now when you get saved, it'll be the best decision of your life. That's true. And I'm going to tell you, God's just going to pour blessing after blessing on you. And you're going to wonder how in the world you're going to be like old D.L. Moody. Stay your hand a blessing here. I die. Boy, it's just so fun to be saved. That's not what Paul said. Hey, Paul, endure hardness. Now, that's not mean that it's not what it's, it's certainly there's blessing. Certainly, it's, it's great to be a Christian, far better than not. But there's going to be hardness. There's going to be difficulty. So what do you do? You endure it. Now, we would love to enjoy our faith, but let's be honest. Are there times we can do no better than endure it? Sure. I suspect on the mission field, there were times of endurance instead of enjoyment. I suspect. I suspect there are times in the classroom of endurement and not enjoyment. So what do you do? You keep on. And God brings you back to that enjoyment because we're soldiers of Jesus Christ. By the way, when a soldier leaves his post, what do they call that? How many Christians have gone AWOL? Hmm? How many Christians have gone AWOL? Well, when, when can I give this thing up, preacher? When God says you can give it up. When you wake up in heaven. Now, he may reassign you and he may give you different duties, but the fact is, we don't quit until God says you're done. Perseverance. Perseverance. We hammer that into these kids in the school. Honor God, do your best, never quit. Man, I sure do want to see the faith that has been so precious to me passed on. How do you do it? Position in Christ. Power, the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Perseverance, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So stay with it, y'all. We're enjoying good days right now, and we thank the Lord for it. But there will be hardness around the corner. Let's just stay with it. Let's just stick to it, okay? Let's stand together.